section twenty nine of the three lieutenants this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the three lieutenants by william henry giles kingston chapter twenty two an american skipper gives important information jack leads a boat attack on a slaver in the rio frio capture slaver blown up the supple jack exposed to a hot fire the corvette and brig in the harbour of paranagua slavers attacked several prizes made fired at from the shore engagement with the fort prizes destroyed carry one off a man overboard picked up his hair turns white the corvette and brig had been cruising for some days in company having chased several vessels some of which got away while others were found to be honest traders they were some way to the southward of cape frio when land just being in sight a brig was made out standing towards them she hoisted american colours and as she approached passing close to the corvette a man who appeared to be her skipper standing on the poop deck hailed if you will heave to i will come aboard you as i have information to give the corvette was immediately brought to the wind her fore topsail backed the brig performing the same movement when a boat was lowered and a stout florid man a yankee in appearance from truck to kelson dressed in quaker costume came alongside in her quickly climbing on deck without making the usual salutation performed by visitors to a man-of-war he advanced towards murray and introduced himself as captain aaron sturge of the brig good hope bound for boston this ship i guess friend is one of the cruisers engaged in putting down the slave trade he said murray replied in the affirmative and inquired what information he had to give it is this friend i have just come out of the rio frio where i left a wicked-looking craft called the rival nearly ready for sea which will carry i guess six hundred slaves at least she is a vessel i heard that the british cruisers have been long looking after so if thou dost wish to catch her now is thy time and i would advise thee to stand in at once and thou mayest cut her off as she comes out or what would be more certain catch her before she puts to sea murray thanked the yankee skipper for his information and invited him below no friend i thank thee the sooner thou art on thy way toward the coast and i on mine northward the better thou wilt do thy best to take this vessel murray assured him that he would and would lose not a moment in standing in for the land the honest skipper then shaking hands swung himself down the side into his boat and returned to the brig which stood away to the southward while the tudor and supplejack hauling their wind stood towards the coast murray hoped to be off the mouth of the harbour some time after dark he hailed jack and told him what he intended to do his plan was to send the brig in with the boats and capture the slaver before she got under way 
or should she sail that evening catch her as she was coming out as the vessels drew near the land a sharp lookout was kept on the chance of the slaver having put to sea but no sail appeared in sight and some time after nightfall having got well in with the land they hove to to wait for daybreak just before dawn murray dispatched two of his boats one under charge of higson and the other of the master with directions to jack to stand in directly there was light enough to see his way jack having a good chart felt confident of being able to take the brig in without a pilot directly the first streaks of dawn appeared in the sky he put the brig's head towards the harbour the sea breeze set in sooner than usual and having a leading wind he rapidly stood on towing the boats he was soon passing through the narrow entrance i see a number of fellows coming along the beach some of them with arms in their hands they probably suspect us and will give us some trouble when we are coming out again said bevan i shall care very little for that provided we get hold of the slaver i only hope that she has not given us the slip answered jack there she is sir high up in the harbour cried bevan her topsails are loose and had the wind held she would probably have been under way by this time we have her safe enough now however said jack the brig stood on for some way but the wind fell light the current was running out and the channel here was far more intricate than the part already passed through jack determined therefore to bring up and to board the slaver with the boats those selected for the expedition eagerly leaped into them jack took command of the whole five in number leaving bevan in charge of the brig it is possible that the brazilians may imitate the example of those fellows at bahia and attempt to attack you said jack to bevan you will therefore keep a good lookout and allow no boat to approach under any pretence whatever order them to keep off and fire a musket shot or two ahead of them as a sign that you are in earnest if they still come on fire the carronades into them and drive them back as you best can the boats shoved off and made good way towards the slaver jack observed a horseman or two galloping along the shore but no attempt was made to molest the english though they passed round a couple of points within musket shot at last the slaver was seen at anchor right ahead the expected prize before them the boat's crews gave way with a will jack's boat leading he had ordered higson to board on the port side while he attacked on the starboard the schooner's sails though they had been loose when first seen had in the meantime been furled one man only was visible on board her he was composedly walking the quarter-deck with a glass under his arm through which he had been watching the approaching boats as they got close he hailed in broken english and ordered them to keep off no no we intend to come aboard and examine that schooner cried jack and i say you shall not answered the man if you attempt it you must stand by the consequences we intend to do so give way lads shouted jack as he spoke the schooner's ports were opened her hitherto silent decks appeared crowded with men while the next instant four guns run out on either side let fly a shower of grape and canister while twenty or thirty men opened fire with muskets 
happily the guns did no damage for the boats were already close up to the schooner's sides though two or three men were slightly wounded by the bullets which came in sharp thuds against the gunwales board her my lad shouted jack and he and his followers threw themselves quickly on deck the slaver's crew stood their ground for a few seconds only then throwing down their cutlasses and muskets they sprang overboard and attempted to make their way to the not distant bank a few had been cut down at the first onslaught half a dozen yielded themselves prisoners and two had tumbled into the boats making eight in all captured the others in shoals were swimming for their lives the seamen irritated at the opposition they had met with would have shot them down but jack ordered them to desist these fellows are not to be treated as enemies now that they have abandoned their vessel it was their duty to defend her he shouted out knocking up their muskets we must now get her out of this before their friends collect on the shore or we shall find it rather a hot berth i suspect the cable was cut and the boats taking the prize in tow began to make way down the harbour they had not however got far from the spot before several shots struck the schooner fired from some men who had already collected on the shore no one was hurt and she was soon beyond the range of the muskets as the breeze increased it became very hard work towing the schooner against it still jack determined if possible to carry her off as they approached one of the points which they had to round they observed a number of armed men collecting on it to avoid them the schooner was kept over to the opposite side just then a squall struck her and drove her on a bank the brazilians encouraged by this opened a hot fire and though at some distance several of their shot struck the schooner in spite of it jack ordered warps to be got out and endeavoured to haul her off two of his men had been hit and he in vain endeavoured to get the prize into deep water ahead was a bank over which he found it impossible to haul her she had driven indeed into a bay shoal water being found ahead astern and on her port side it must be done though i am sorry to lose so fine a craft we must blow her up he said to higson several casks of powder were found on board they were placed in her hold surrounded by such combustible materials as could be quickly gathered together all hands were then ordered into the boats jack with higson and needham set her on fire simultaneously amidships and fore and aft they then jumped into the boats and jack anxious to have his men safe from further risk of being shot gave the order to pull down the river as fast as they could lay their backs to the oars the brazilians probably fancied that they had taken to flight and three boats which had been concealed behind the point were now seen shoving off for the schooner they had got more than halfway towards her when the flames burst out through all the hatchways still they pulled on hoping to extinguish them the people in the leading boat were on the point of jumping on board when the flames catching the gunpowder up she went her masts and spars shooting towards the sky with fragments of her decks while her sides split in all directions whether any of the brazilians were injured could not be discovered two of their boats pulled away in hot haste the third following far more slowly it was the general opinion that the people in her must have suffered severely as they were close to the side of the vessel when she blew up 
jack fearing that his vessel might be attacked made the best of his way on board on the arrival of the boats alongside bevan reported that he had not been molested but that he had seen a considerable number of boats pulling along the shore towards a spot further down where people were collected in crowds though jack felt perfectly confident that even should they venture to attack him he should beat them off being anxious to avoid bloodshed he resolved to get under way as soon as possible the breeze however still blowing up the harbour he had to wait till it died away and the land breeze reassumed its power it was an anxious time for without a pilot he dare not attempt to head out of the harbour at all events if they do show their noses we can give them a taste of long toms sir said needham it's my opinion they will not come nearer if they hear him bark the brig lay with her sails loose and her cable hove short still not a breath of air stirred the glass-like surface of the harbour jack did not wish to risk the loss of his vessel by attempting to cross the bar without a leading wind besides which from the example the brazilians had given of their disposition they might take the opportunity of attacking her while passing along the narrow channel he would have to traverse he hoped to get out before nightfall at length the pennant which long had hung up and down the mast began to move again it dropped but at length out it blew steadily while here and there gentle ripples appeared on the surface of the water hands up anchor and make sail shouted jack the boats quickly towed the brig round the canvas was let drop and away she glided as she increased her speed the boats were dropped astern and now with a fair breeze the gallant little brig under all sail stood towards the mouth of the harbour as she neared the narrowest part of the channel a number of people were seen collecting on the beach on her approach they ran behind the high bank sheltered by which they opened a hot fire with muskets and rifles the bullets whizzing over the brig jack on this ordered all hands to lie down with the exception of the helmsman the man in the chains and the lookout forward while he himself stood at his post conning the vessel the wind held fair and after having been peppered for about ten minutes with a few stray shots sticking into her sides and hammocks and a splinter or two torn off the masts the supplejack bounded gaily out to sea having performed her duty and being able to laugh at her opponents none of the men struck had been much hurt so the affair was altogether satisfactory just as it was getting dark she met the corvette which had stood in as close as was safe to meet her the two vessels now stood to the southward for the purpose of looking into the harbour of paranagua a notorious slave mart about three hundred miles from rio they came off the bay or gulf as it may probably be called soon after dawn on the third day after leaving the scene of their last exploit on one side of the somewhat narrow entrance lay a fort in which they could count fourteen or fifteen guns frowning down upon them we might have some hot work if we were entering an enemy port observed murray the brazilian officer in command will however scarcely dare to molest us even though he may be favourably disposed to the slave traders as a precautionary measure however the crews were sent to quarters and the corvette leading the two vessels stood into the harbour as he approached murray dipped his flag the salute being duly returned from the fort 
he accordingly stood on intending to run up to the harbour till he came in sight of the vessels he expected to find there jack following his leader did the same and passed unmolested the two men-of-war proceeded on for some distance but no vessels appeared and murray began to fear that the slavers had had some intimation that the port was likely to be visited by british cruisers and had slipped away in time ahead lay an island with buildings on it some were dwelling-houses others were long sheds of a suspicious character as the water was still deep and the channel tolerably wide he stood on when rounding a point he saw several large vessels lying at anchor which from their appearance as well as from the sheds and leaguers or huge casks for holding water which lay on the shore together with planking for slave decks and other articles easily distinguishable through the telescope he had no doubt were slavers as the channel at this point became very narrow and intricate he thought it prudent not to stand on farther and dropping his anchor he ordered jack to do the same he then got a spring on his cable so as to be able to bring his broadside to bear on the vessels and to cover the boats which he intended to send forthwith to attack them there is a stir among the vessels observed adair and two of them have got under way and are standing out towards us murray accordingly ordered him and higson to board them and ascertained their character one carried the british and the other the american flag the boats were lowered and the two vessels in a short time coming up were boarded neither of them made any resistance their papers were found to be correct they were honest traders as soon as we saw you approaching we two agreed to stand out from among the black sheep the rest of the craft in there are one and all slavers and if you take or destroy them they will only get their due said the american master he then gave a description of the vessels and the number of guns and men they carried terence thanked him for the information and the two vessels were allowed to continue their course down the river murray now ordered five boats under the command of jack to board and overhaul all the vessels lying at anchor off the island one was a large ship two were brigs and a fourth a wicked-looking schooner evidently a slaver the question was whether they would offer resistance the ship was seen getting a spring on her cable which looked something like it jack was therefore prepared for all contingencies we will take the smallest ones in detail and that big fellow will then see that he has no chance of assistance he said to higson further off lay another large ship with the brazilian colours flying and two barks one an american the other a portuguese with a brigantine which as needham remarked from truck to kelson had the cut of a slaver we will take them all lads never fear they have got into a net and it will be a hard matter for them to make their way out again the truth is they thought we should never find our way up here but they have discovered their mistake and have made their last voyages with blackies aboard i hope the boats were pulling on steadily towards the first brig a beautiful vessel with sharp bows and clean runs she would be a prize worth having jack knew as she would give no end of trouble to the british cruisers engaged in the suppression of the slave trade a number of men were seen on board but as the flotilla approached they jumped into their boats and pulled for the shore the brig was immediately boarded when not a soul was found in her though she had her cargo on board 
she was completely fitted for the slave trade jack suspecting treachery had her thoroughly examined all's right sir said needham the crew were in too great a fright to think of anything but saving themselves or they might to be sure have laid a slow match to the magazine and tried to blow us up the only pity is that she has no sails on board it will be a job to know what to do with her jack had in the meantime sent the other boats to take possession of the second brig this also was abandoned by her crew she too was found fully fitted for the slave trade they now headed the boats towards the ship the broadside of which having been brought to bear on them she was apparently prepared for a determined resistance ordering adair to pull for her stern and higson for the bows jack and needham dashed up alongside as they approached the ship opened fire with round grape-shot and musketry but as is often the case when men fight in a bad cause the slaver's crew took uncertain aim and no one was hurt in either of the boats the brazilians had soon cause to repent of their folly in attempting to defend themselves the english seamen quickly climbing up the side they at once gave way and rushing across the deck sprang overboard and attempted to swim towards the shore some of the seamen enraged at the opposition they had made picked up the muskets from the decks and would have fired after their retreating foe had not jack as on a previous occasion stopped them let the wretches though they deserve punishment have a chance for their lives he said several boats putting off from the shore picked up most of the swimmers though some were seen to go down before they were rescued the ship was a remarkably fine one called the andorinha on examining her she was found to be american built while the flag of the united states was discovered on board another discovery was also made her stern was covered by a piece of painted canvas on ripping off which there appeared the name of the mary jane of greenport in large letters and as she carried two whaleboats on her quarters the most vigilant of british cruisers might have passed her without the slightest suspicion of her real character leaving the crew of one of the boats on board the ship under the command of tom who was vastly proud of the confidence placed in him jack pulled on for the other large brazilian ship the captain received him on board with a smiling countenance for the fellow well knew that though evidently a slaver she could not be touched all the slave fittings had been landed and lay abreast of her along the shore the american brig which was next boarded was as clearly intended for the same nefarious traffic but as she had not yet been fitted up with slave decks though they also were discovered close to her ready to be shipped with her leaguers and other fittings the day's work was not yet over a brigantine lay temptingly near inviting a visit the boat soon surrounded her she was found to be the stella a vessel which had long eluded the vigilance of british cruisers though some of her fittings had been landed a sufficient quantity remained to condemn her jack however having to secure his other prizes was obliged to leave her intending to visit her the next day he therefore pulled back to the brigs and commenced towing and warping them towards the corvette the channel through which they had to pass was excessively narrow and unfortunately jack forgetting that the boats might pass in a direct line where the vessels could not follow they both took the ground now came the task of hauling them off it was accomplished 
however and they were brought at length to an anchor between the two men-of-war he next pulled back to the ship and reached her just as darkness came on he found tom and his crew on the alert he had seen a number of boats coming off from the shore with the intention he fully believed of attacking him but we would have treated them just as mr adair did the slave-dealers at bahia he exclaimed we had all our arms loaded and if they had come near us we should have given them a pretty warm reception you may depend upon that jack felt very sure that tom would have done so though he was glad he had not been exposed to the danger he would have had to run sounding as he went jack got the ship safely under the guns of the corvette at a late hour of the night the skulking crews of the slavers eager as they might have been to regain the vessels taken from them dared not attack them and the night passed off quietly next morning by daybreak the boats again put off the most important vessel to capture was the brigantine and they at once pulled for her as they approached they made out several boats pulling backwards and forwards between her and the shore jack regretted that he had not left a prize crew on board though he had acted as he thought at the time for the best give way my lads those fellows are after some mischief we must put a stop to it he shouted the brigantine lay floating on the calm water her taut raking masts and the tracery of her spars and rigging reflected in its surface she was just the style of craft to please a seaman's eye the men gave way in a few minutes they hoped to be aboard her suddenly her masts moved to starboard then over they heeled to port when gradually her bows sank and down she glided head foremost beneath the surface of the water what a pity broke from the lips of those in the stern sheets of the boats who had observed what had taken place the look of astonishment in the countenances of the men at the oars when turning their heads they found the brigantine had disappeared was almost ludicrous had they got hold of any of the brazilians they would have made them pay dearly for their trick it was very evident that the vessel had been scuttled during the night to prevent her from falling into the hands of the english while the crew had landed every article of value from her jack was thus compelled to be contented with his three prizes none of the other vessels could be touched it now coming on to blow hard it was impossible to get under way the time however was employed in fitting the ship for sea higson and a prize crew had charge of her murray intended to tow one of the brigs while jack was to tow the other all hands on board both vessels were hard at work till sunset the next morning the wind coming down the harbour they got under way and proceeded down the gulf in a short time the squadron got abreast of the fort the commandant of which was well aware that the english had in accordance with the wishes of his own government performed their duty in capturing the slavers and murray therefore expected to pass without molestation he saluted as usual and was standing on when a gun was fired at the corvette what are the fellows about he exclaimed it may have been let off by mistake observed adair that was not let off by mistake though exclaimed murray as a shot from a second gun whistled close under the stern followed immediately by another which however passed ahead beat to quarters cried murray the fellows mean mischief scarcely had the first roll of the drum sounded than the eager crew sprang to their guns jack imitated his example both vessels opened their broadsides firing shot and shell as fast as their guns could be brought to bear 
the fort meantime fired showers of grape canister and round shot this is hotter work than we met with up the st juan i did not expect such fun exclaimed desmond we had only muskets and we have now got big guns to pay back the compliments we receive observed archy who was standing near him yes but the enemy have stone walls instead of timber stockades to protect them said desmond it's very good fun though i don't call that fun cried archy as a round shot struck a seaman at one of the guns near them on the breast and laid him dead on the deck before he had time to utter a groan a grape-shot the next moment hit another man on the shoulder and he was carried below two others were shortly afterwards wounded fortunately the wind held or the men-of-war might have suffered much more than they did the object of the brazilians was probably to compel them to abandon their prizes which would have undoubtedly been immediately taken possession of murray signalled higson to keep further off the fort to escape the risk of damage the english ships having passed the front of the battery had their sterns exposed to a raking fire from the sea face of it which they were unable to return in consequence of the vessels in tow one of the after-guns of the tudor was however fitted for throwing shells and as murray could bring it to bear when the openings between the vessels astern would allow of it he occasionally fired one into the fort long tom did his duty and jack had the satisfaction of believing that his shot produced as much effect as those of the corvette on my word i should like to land and storm that fort to punish the rascals he exclaimed i am afraid that as it is on a friendly territory that would be unlawful observed bevan then people on friendly territory should not attack those engaged in the performance of their duty answered jack give them a parting shot needham we shall soon be out of range of their guns if the breeze holds i will do my best to make it tell said dick training long tom aft as far as possible he fired the effect of the shot was to silence the gun which had for some minutes annoyed them the most and it was conjectured therefore that it must have either killed several of the gunners or injured the carriage the next shot which came from the fort fell short of the brig as soon as the vessels were completely out of range murray ordered the anchors to be dropped a heavy sea setting over the bar at the entrance he considered it unwise to attempt crossing till the top of high water the place in which he had brought up was not however altogether free from danger on either hand were wild rugged rocks while a line of foaming surf stretched across the mouth of the harbour as it would be impossible to cross with the two prize brigs murray determined at once to destroy them the two cutters and the supplejack's jolly-boat were directed to perform this service tom and desmond agreed to go and see the fun and just as the brig's boat was shoving off they jumped into her unobserved by jack the boats having taken charge of the brigs towed them half a mile from the ships they were then set on fire and were soon in a blaze fore and aft when the wind having more power than the tide rapidly carried them towards the foaming breakers the corvette's two boats were returning when jack looking round to ascertain what had become of his boat caught sight of her close to one of the blazing vessels on the point of being driven among the dangerous breakers having discovered that the two youngsters had gone in her he naturally felt doubly anxious on their account and suspected that some accident might have happened to prevent her return instantly jumping into the pinnace with the best hands he could collect he pulled away for the boat the crew of which were labouring desperately to head her off the breakers 
he had gone but a short distance when he caught sight of the two brigs like huge floating bonfires gliding into the midst of the foaming waters which danced up wildly around them as if greedy for their prey a few seconds the vessel struggled with the wild breakers then their keels grated on the sharp rocks they rose and fell a few seconds more when the waters leaping triumphantly over them they were shattered into a thousand fragments which were scattered on every side jack's interest was however centred on the boat which was already awfully near the breakers and once in them her fate would be that of the slavers his men strained every muscle to reach her already scarcely half a cable's length existed between her and the inner line of breakers a foaming sea had burst close astern jack dashing forward shouted to the bowman to have a rope ready it was hove on board as he swept round and securing it he steered away from the dangerous spot two of her oars had been lost alongside the burning brig and another had been sprung and had not assistance come the boat and all on board would in another minute to a certainty have been engulfed as jack made his way back to the brig he was received with loud cheers from the corvette and prize he was thankful when he at length reached the deck of the supplejack feeling that he ought to punish the two youngsters for their misconduct though very unwilling to do so he contented himself with giving them a severe lecture and pointing out to them the fearful risk they had run of losing their lives when duty calls you it is quite a different matter he observed then never be daunted by danger your duty was to remain on board had you been lost i should have had double cause to mourn for you as you would have uselessly thrown your lives away that's just what admiral triton said to me observed tom to desmond jack is right no doubt about that by this time the tide had sufficiently risen to allow a passage over the bar and murray being unwilling to lose a favourable wind by a longer delay the anchors were hove up sail was made and the two men of war with the captured slaver leaving the fort astern dashed proudly out to sea they had however to keep their pumps going in consequence of the large amount of water which had rushed into them before the shot-holes they had received could be thoroughly plugged murray then gave hickson directions to carry the slaver to st helena and after delivering her up to return to rio by the first opportunity the midshipmen were sorry to lose him for he never forgot that he had been their messmate and notwithstanding his few eccentricities he was always kind and considerate while he steered to the eastward the corvette and brig shaped a course for rio the result of the expedition had been the destruction of three noted slavers and the capture of a fourth while their owners had learnt an important lesson that the risks of the trade in which they were engaged were considerably increased and that it might possibly be wiser to abandon it next night during adair's watch a pampiro a squall off the pampas so called suddenly struck the ship the boatswain's shrill whistle summoned all hands to shorten sail happily the tacks and sheets were let fly before its full force was felt ned summers a foretop man on the lee yardarm with the nearing in hand was struck by the wild flapping sail and overboard he fell murray who had now come on deck saw the accident and the instant the ship could be brought to the wind ordering a boat to be lowered he cried out for volunteers to man her adair sprang into her and snatchblock took the bow oar other hands followed the man's cries directed them as they believed towards where he was floating away the boat dashed through the foaming waters but when they reached the spot the man was nowhere to be seen 
they pulled round and round it shouting to him but no answer came unwillingly at length adair put the boat's head towards the ship the men had not pulled many strokes when snatchblock felt a blow on the bow of the boat and by a sudden impulse there was no time for thought stretching himself over the gunwale he plunged down his arm and got hold of the missing man whom eager hands assisted him to haul on board Summers was immediately passed aft and as fast as the crew could pull the boat returned to the ship the man who still breathed was hoisted on deck and placed under the surgeon's hands strange to say he seemed next morning to outward appearance not much the worse for his accident from that day however he was in reality a changed man once among the most high-spirited and joyous of the crew he became melancholy and silent though he went through his duty as usual about a month afterwards as adair was going forward he saw a white-haired man sitting on the combings of the fore hatchway where did that old man come from he asked of snatchblock i never saw so strange a thing in all my life sir was the answer last night when he turned in his hair was as black as mine and this morning when the hammocks were piped up it was as you see it that man sir is ned summers adair could scarcely believe what he heard till he spoke to poor ned who however not having a looking-glass did not seem to be aware of the change after this he grew weaker and weaker his nervous system when he fell overboard had received a shock which was too much for him murray had resolved to send him home when the surgeon reported that the poor fellow had not many hours to live before night he breathed his last and was buried in the seaman's wide sepulchre the ocean he survived the accident scarcely three months End of section twenty nine